Salutations! I'm Sophia's friend Bronwyn. And I'm Bronwyn's friend Sophia. And this is Quotes and Anecdotes. Welcome everyone! Welcome, now before welcome, we even everyone. start, I just want to preface with this is the first of our summer episodes. <laughs> so it's summer for us. I don't know why it came out like that. Um, <laughs> this is the first of our summer episodes. This is the first of our summer episodes. And we have today, it's a very rainy, actually, it's really fitting. It's the summer solstice today, isn't it? Yeah, but why is that fitting with the rain? I mean, it's fitting because we're recording all of our summer episodes on the official first day of summer. Oh, that's hilarious, yeah. It's not funny, (laughs) I'm just saying it's fit. You know what? (laughs) Moving on. Um, We have plans to record five episodes today which is a new record. We've never recorded more than four in a day. So by August, I don't remember the exact date, but it's 20-something, yeah. Um, by that day in August, you will be hearing an extremely delirious Sophia and Bronwyn, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. With, but it's a, it's a good topic. We saved, we saved one of the best ones for last, I think. Yeah. So. I don't remember what one. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? They're all good, so it's fine. Um... <laughs> but but we're here now with our first very first episode of summer. Mhm. And I'm meeting in Aria. <laughs> and now for some ambiance of Bronwyn just eating an Oreo. It's like ASMR. Except it's not. Do you think chewing is ASMR? Have you seen ASMR? Yeah, but okay, I guess that's true. But like, isn't that kind of gross? Yeah, well, that's why I don't like ASMR. <laughs> I don't should we just hop right in oh yeah also these episodes for the summer might be a little bit shorter because right. if we kept them to an hour that would be five hours of no. just straight talking we say that and they're probably still gonna end up an hour yeah so but i guess be prepared for both scenarios yes you know just don't have any expectations <laughs> don't have low expectations also don't have high expectations just don't just have expectations at all that was let this crap. podcast take you don't take this podcast <laughs> have they ever taken this podcast yes sophia i see a long long time ago <laughs> once upon a time yeah <laughs> we also haven't seen each other in three days so we're kind of delirious and so yeah, I, and I'm kind of realizing that, like, it's been, we usually see each other, even though we don't see each other all the time in school, we still usually see each other. For, like, like three every minutes day. at least. Yeah, yeah. But every day, and then usually yeah. on the weekends as well, and if not on the weekends, and then it's only two days. And, like, exactly. We see each other. We see each other enough. a lot. Cool. So, Sophia, what is your first <clears throat> wordlet of the summer? My first wordlet of the summer is a word known as, a word known as, what is that? Um, it is lepidopterist. Yeah, so a person who collects butterflies and moths. I, there honestly is a word for everything in the English language, like. No. I mean, not everything, but there is a word for very many things. In There's the so many language. random words. So many, and but just like, is unnecessary that like German has a word for like every emotion? It's like the, it's like insane. It's like the feeling of wanting to do something but not doing something or like. Oh. It's just yeah, like, no, I, I realized as soon as I said that, like, there are like in certain languages you can't really translate them to English because there's no English yeah. words to describe Having it, said which that, I think is very cool. However, 
English has Some so many random words. Exactly, just the most far-fetched. Like whoever is going to need to use the word lepidopterist. Like it's not even. Oh, it is studies. I was about to say like, oh, it's not even someone who studies like butterflies. It's just collects, but no, it is studies. But it's like just so specific. But I found this in. Um, do you remember when we went to the library book sale? I'm talking really loudly. No, it's okay. Um, the library, the, like the free book sale with all the things, and I got that book about nature or like a naturalist journey or whatever. I was reading that the other day, and it was talking about. Um, I forget what it was talking about, but something along with that had to do with bugs and insects, and it mentioned the word lepidopterist, and I thought it was very. I don't know, just interesting that the English language has a word for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's all I really have to say about Lepidopterist. What's your word, Lep? Somnambulos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Were you actually it. trying to say the word? Or yes. just... <laughs> Somnambulatory. Oh, I did it. There um, you go. So, somnambulatory is a word that I found in a book. Question is, what book? I don't remember. I have a picture of the book. I still don't know what book it is. I really, I have no clue what, 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 someone lapsed into a somnambulatory and I don't know what it is. But essentially, somnambulatory means something that is carried out while sleepwalking. That's wonderful. I, yeah. I love that it has the word ambulatory, which is like walking. Yes, Mm -hmm. that's like the one Latin word I know. Also, psalm, which I think is sleeping. Sleep. So it's great. The thing is, is, is I was just like, oh yeah, I have a word. I don't even remember taking that picture of the word on my phone. I just have it. I was like, oh, I should do that. It's a cool word. And then I figured out what it meant, and I was very happy because it was very good. But I know what the word ambulant means because, well, my mom and my sister, they, they went to Peru. No, no one in my family speaks Spanish. They learned a tiny bit of Spanish before For they went. For a family that doesn't speak Spanish, you guys have gone to a lot of Spanish-speaking I know. countries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Ecuador, my parents went to like yeah. the Galapagos, Argentina, Argentina. Peru. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, my sister speaks a bit of Spanish, but she didn't at this time. And they went to Peru, and they were like, hey, like, we want to know how to get somewhere. Like, how do you, like, can you walk to this place? And they had learned a tiny bit of Spanish before they left, so they were trying to ask it. But they also learned a bit of Latin, because... Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Yeah. So my mom goes up to someone, and she just goes, Ambulat. (laughs) 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 My sister was, like, dying, and my mom just went with it. Like, she kept on being like, no, like, 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 making, like, a walking motion, like, no, like, Ambulat. (laughs) And they're like, uh, can't help you there. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's Latin. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what that is. That's wonderful. But if ever anyone does something um, while sleepwalking, you can be like, oh, were you in a somnambulatory state? I'm definitely going to use that word all the time. Except I do want to accuse our good friend who loves moths and, well, she doesn't love butterflies, she loves moths, and just be like, what a lepidopterist, and then just let it go. Just never mm-hmm. mention that I ever said that ever again. That would be fun. Yeah, if she questioned you, say what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, what? Sorry? Did you say something? Did I say something? <laughs> <laughs> um, who gets to go first this week? I do? Mm-hmm, but you have to say something first. 
I have to say what the topic is, don't I? Uh-huh. I'm eating another Oreo. <laughs> um, our topic this week is poetry. Hooray! I don't know if we'll have... I mean, I know for sure that I don't have a ton of anecdotes for this one. And I've already mentioned that, like, poetry is hard for me. Like, it's hard to... I don't know. Some poetry. Some poetry is really lovely. And, like... Well, I guess poetry is really nice when you don't have to decipher it in English class. Because that makes me dislike reading most things. I mean, this was gonna... This was gonna be one of my anecdotes, but... The one, we did a bunch of time writings in English this year, and one of them was a poem. And no one did well on it. Everyone was very upset about it. And my teacher was like, I'm sorry, but also it's very funny how upset you. Like, not like a mean way, but like, it's English. But it was like, it was just so much. And we had like an hour to write something about it. And we're like, blue. It says blue a lot. And, yeah, no, that wasn't fun. <laughs> Analyzing poems isn't fun. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, poetry. There, Like, some poetry is really, really lovely. It just, for me, it kind of ruins it when you have to analyze it. Oh, absolutely. But that usually happens for any book. For me, at least. So. Mm. But, yeah, so my word to describe poetry, which I think was a wordlet at one point, so I'm sorry about that. But my word is colloquial, um, which means it's used in of language used in ordinary or familiar conversation or not formal or liter- literary. So um, I chose this because I love that there aren't really any rules to poetry. Like, um, poets, poetry doesn't have to make poems. I, I said poets, poetry, and then I was like, wait, what's the word for the actual things? <laughs> um, poems don't have to make sense or like conform to grammar rules. Yeah. They can like twist the English language in whatever way they want to. Um, which, like, I don't think really any other piece of writing can do, which also, I think is really cool. Yeah. You'll also hear a lot of colloquialisms in the, um, poems that I have, because it's from a certain region of the world. It's quite Oh, that's very cool. Mm-hmm. I don't think mine have many I needed to put a translation as well, because I couldn't quite understand what it was <laughs> all the way through. And it, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, the etymology of colloquial comes from Latin colloquium, which means conversation, and then English added the suffix al to combine to mean colloquial in the mid-18th century. So it's it's a really cool word. I don't know, yeah. there aren't many words with cues in them. I've said that and I realize there probably are a lot of words with cues in them. I think it's but like they're, they're just cool. few words. It's and cool. Like they are cool. And also, if it sounds like we're in a rainforest, we just open the window, so. But, okay, according to my family members, it's really nice when you can hear the birds chirping. I think so, too. I think so. So I'm sorry if it's an annoyance, but... But we don't care. (laughs) (laughs) It's a nice breeze. It doesn't feel like summer here, guys. I'm sorry. No, it's been raining for every day since we've been out of school, so it does not feel like summer vacation at all. Mm -mm. And also, it's been, like, three days, so maybe that's why. (laughs) But, yeah, that's a cool word, Sophie. I like the word colloquial. Thanks. I like it too. What's your word? So my word's like not that creative, but like I'll explain why I chose it. So I chose the word imagination. Um, Imagination is the faculty or action of forming new ideas or images or concepts of external objects not present to the senses. Now, the reason I chose this was actually in another podcast that Sophia and I listened to that we might talk about later in anecdotes. Um... One of the people talked about a poet named Naomi 
Shihab Nye, who talked about poetry as like a way of continuing the um the imagination you have as a little kid. So like as a little, Aww. so I can't remember exactly. And I looked for this quote because I was going to do it as a quote, but I couldn't find it. But um, I think it was like someone asked her, "When did you start writing poems?" And she was like, "More appropriately, when did I stop?" Yeah. Because as a little kid, like actually, I remember listening. Yeah, to this like as a little kid, everyone writes poems in that they have the imagination and they can, they don't have to conform to like the traditional way of writing a book or like that's kind of like a metaphor for life. They don't have to perform by all the grammar rules and they, they can use their imagination. But as they get older, other than poets, most people um, lose that imagination. But poets continue it in their, um, in their creativity, in their works. So that's why I wanted to choose the word imagination. Um, and it comes from Latin, from imag- imago and imagine, meaning image. Then imaginary, to picture oneself. Imaginatio, and then Old French to imagination in Middle English. So yeah. That actually ties into my anecdotes as well. Wow. Crazy. Wow. Connections everywhere. (laughs) Cool. Cool. Indeed. So why don't we move on to quotes? Sure. Um, so I have, I think I actually have the same thing that Bronwyn did. I didn't, I figured she was, sorry for the chair. Um, I figured she was busy yesterday, so I didn't text her and asking if this was okay to do. But what I do is I have, what I did is I have a quote to describe poetry. And then I have a couple of example poems Mm -hmm. that I want to point out. Um, so the quote that I have to describe poetry is... There is nothing but poetry about the existence of childhood, real, simple, soul-moving poetry, the laughter and joy of poetry, and not its philosophy, and there is nothing of poetry about manhood, but the reflection and the remembrance of what has been, nothing more. And so this quote has no punctuation. I kind of put punctuation in there with my inflection because I didn't want to run out of breath. But um, I feel like it's kind of similar to a poem in that way, just like in itself, which I thought was pretty cool. but yeah, and this also goes into what you were just saying about um, like childhood and how a lot of poetry describes just like the, I don't know, the mindset of children of just kind of like their imagination and this great expanse of the world that doesn't need to conform to grammar rules and things like that. Um, and yeah, and it's saying like poetry doesn't usually describe adulthood and it's it's usually just more like the freedom and the love of and the memories of being a child and like that's what makes poetry so beautiful which i thought was really really cool we're going to talk a lot about children this (laughs) this week um so john clare john clare was an english poet the son of a farm laborer who became known for his celebrations of the english countryside and sorrows at its disruption oh sorry my dude what it, it definitely was disrupted, the English countryside. I didn't really fully read that when I copied and pasted it into the... <laughs> so sad. I know. Well. Yep. That, that, I mean, that was my quote. Would I you like to very say cool. your quote? Oh, are we going to do quotes first? Oh, okay. I, I gotcha. I gotcha. I gotcha. Um, yes. I, I thought that was a very good quote, Sophia. I definitely wasn't looking up another poem while you were saying that. <laughs> I definitely... <laughs> So I think everything you said was accurate. <laughs> Thanks. 
So the quote that I chose is... Poetry so glad we have a respectful relationship in this podcast. Yeah. And we definitely listen to each other just all the time. Never get distracted. <laughs> Poetry is the spontaneous overflow of powerful feelings. It takes its origin from emotion recollected in tranquility. And that's by William Wordsworth. wrote about poetry and his name is Wordsworth as in like worthy of words that's so good what the heck I love that yeah <laughs> so um, this quote mm-hmm. um, I just liked it kind of going back to the idea of like imagination it, it is kind of it's like it feels very spontaneous it doesn't conform to like grammar rules and like a book it doesn't have to have a formula for it um, and so it feels like the spontaneous overflow of something. So, like, it um, is so cool. <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say. Okay. So it feels very spontaneous. It doesn't, it, it feels like, like you can't really have an expectation of what a poem is going to be because it could be anything. Um, it feels like it, it oftentimes uh, poems feel emotional, whether it's happiness or sad or just light or bubbly or whatever it is it's it's very um like it could be a poem can be anything um but it also like you can tell that there's a lot of care gone into writing a poem when you read it and there's a lot of thought put into it and i don't know i just like it i i think it's cool i liked how it was like it um Poems have a very like flowing, peaceful sense, even if it's not about a peaceful subject. And so the fact that it's recollected in tranquility, I don't know, it just provides an image in my mind of like someone sitting at a desk in like a peaceful yeah. like cottage writing a book or something, or writing a poem. And I don't know, I just really like that quote. Yeah, it's really lovely. I love the, yeah. I love how, like, the emotion has to be recollected as well. Yeah. Like, it's like you have that emotion, and then when you want to go and write about it, you have to, like, think about it and exactly how it made you feel, and then write down the poem. Which yeah. It's lovely. And, and it's lovely because you can, like, reflect on that emotion in a calm yeah, state. Exactly. So, William Wordsworth was a major English romantic poet who, with Samuel Taylor Coleridge, helped to launch the Romantic Age in English literature with their joint publication, Lyrical Ballads. That's wonderful. Yes, but it's quite fun to read that. (laughs) So what is your first poem? So, um, this come, this is like, well, this isn't really an anecdote. This is just what I'm going to talk about. So all of my poems today come from a book. I originally was going to do more because these are, well, Bronwyn has the complicated poems. So I'm going to do the simple children's poems, which I like better anyways. (laughs) Um, (laughs) so... This is the book Falling Up. So let me start over. All of the poems that I chose today to bring to read on the podcast is from a book Falling Up by Shel Silverstein, who was an American writer known for his cartoons, songs, and children's book. Children's books. And Falling Up is a poetry book meant for children that contains 144 poems. And it's really clever. And I used to love it as a kid. Like I would read through it all the time as a kid and just like go and read through all the poems. Um, because all the poems are matched with um, pictures, like little cartoonish pictures, and sometimes the poems don't make sense without the picture. Um, and it's just meant for children, and I also just kind of love that aspect of the fact that, you know, poetry doesn't have to be for 
like super intellectual people who want to sit down and analyze it. It can mm-hmm. be for kids as well. Um, and I used to love it as a kid. And then yesterday, as I was preparing this episode, I was like, do we have any poetry books? Because I couldn't figure out what to do for this episode. Like, should I take choose poems to read? Should I do quotes? Um, but I found, I looked in the bookshelf and found po- Falling Up and remembered like, oh, this, this is a great book. And then flipping through it now that I can recognize some of the puns he's made that I like didn't get as a child is really, really fun. Um, so the first poem that I chose from, um, the, from Falling Up is a silly one. And I love it because it's just a, a big pun, which I also love. Um, and yeah, so it's not really meaningful or anything, but it makes me laugh. So um, here it is. The hand of the clock pinched the foot of the bed, so the foot of the bed kicked the seat of the chair, so the seat of the chair sat on the head of the table, so the head of the table bit the leg of the desk, so the leg of the desk bumped the arm of the couch, so the arm of the couch slapped the face of the clock, and they pinched and they punched, and they banged and they knocked, and they ripped and they flipped, and they rolled and they rocked, and the poor dresser drawer got a couple of socks. There was sawdust and springs when I turned on the light, and after that horrible furniture fight, and that's the truth, no lie, no joke. That's how all your furniture got broke. So. <laughs> I do like that. Isn't that great? Because it's just like all these furniture puns, like clock yeah. hands and stuff, all combined into, yeah. It also sounds like the excuse a little kid gave to Doesn't a, it? a parent. Like, this is why everything's in a mess. Yeah. And this is why everything's broken, because the furniture had a fight. Because you said, like, because, like, all this, this head of the table and the seat of the clock. Yeah, I like that. The sat on the head of the table. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's my favorite one. I really like the dresser drawer got a couple of socks, because I had to think about that oh, one. Oh, my goodness, As in punches, yeah. but also yeah. socks. Yeah, I didn't get that one until after I'd written it down. It's very witty. It I is. I love, like, witty puns. Recently, I've I figured you would enjoy this particular <laughs> You have. Bronwyn's gotten really good at making bad puns. No, I'm not good at it in person and talking in conversation. I can't. I'm not very good at just making puns out of things. Well, but you do. But more often, if you text something, I take one (laughs) or two minutes and reply with a quality pun. (laughs) You'll get there eventually. Once we get to, like, senior year, it's going to be graduation, and you're going to be like... (laughs) (laughs) Just making puns. Spewing puns. It'll be hats off to me. Get it? <laughs> See? <laughs> See what I mean? <laughs> it's really fun. It's fun for you. Yeah, for everyone else. It's more... The most fun part is that it annoys everyone else. Of course, that's what you would consider the most fun part as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's my first poem. I have, I have that one and then two more. Do you want yeah, me to go do... go for it. Both of them? Yeah. Okay. I'm really sorry about that. <laughs> it's okay. We forgive you for your voice crack. Everything yeah. is fine. Um, so the next one is also a silly one. that I. It's the first poem in the book. And it is the one that earned the title Falling Up. So um, I really like it as well because it's kind of like... Um, I don't know. It's silly. Um, so I tripped on my shoelace and I fell up. Up to the rooftops, up over the town, up past the treetops, up over the mountains, up where the colors blend into the sounds. But it got me so dizzy when I looked around, I got sick to my stomach, and I threw down. <laughs> Isn't that great? That's I love it. Um, and 
Yeah, I just love this like reversal of perspectives because I can also totally see this happening in a child's imagination. Mm-hmm. Like, what if you fell up instead of falling down? Definitely have had that thought spiral before. Yeah, especially as a as a young kid, which is what the, these, this book yeah. is, Catered which is to. who these books are meant for. Um, I don't know. I just love Shel Silverstein, and yes, they're not the most like literary amazing poems, but, but they're too bad. They're the kind iconic, of poems that like too. make me smile. I love them. Like, they're um, definitely an iconic part of, like... Yeah. And I wish I'd had a little more time to find at least one poem that was, like, really nice and cool and, um, I don't know, like, fun to read and things like that. But, I don't know. I'm, I also just am glad that I found all of these. Yes. I like these poems. I can also imagine Shel Silverstein sitting down writing, like, especially the first one, and after, like, <laughs> making a particularly good pun, like, sitting there dying with laughter, because that's what I would yeah. do. <laughs> Yeah, and it's just, they, they just kind of make you happy, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't have to think about them too much. But, yeah. Um, sorry, just my computer started freaking out. Okay, so then my favorite is uh, actually a really nice one from, from Falling Up as well. Um, and it's my last poem for it. I'll let Bronwyn talk about all of, all of her quotes. Whoa, you have a lot of poems. Um, no, it's just two, but I had to do translations. Oh, I see. So, my personal favorite is, There is a voice inside of you that whispers all day long. I feel that this is right for me. I know that this is wrong. No teacher, preacher, parent, friend, or wise man can decide what's right for you. Just listen to the voice that speaks inside. Hmm. Isn't that nice? It's, it's very Dr. Seussy. It is. It is. He does remind me of Dr. Seuss, because it's all these, like, cartoons and rhymes. Like, that could have been, like, out of um, all the places you go or something. Yeah, definitely. It's very good. Um, so, and I love that that was like, and it also wasn't the first or last poem. It was just kind of hidden in a book for children, just like right in the middle. And I, I, I really loved like that. But yeah, those are just my my little simple poems for the day. And I think Bronwyn will fulfill our more complicated poem <laughs> side of the um, well of the equation. We'll so, would you like to introduce yeah. those poems? So, the person that I'm choosing poem from is Robbie Burns or Robert Burns. Um, who is the National Bard, Bard of uh, Ayrshire, and the Plowman Poet, and various other names and epithets. And he was a Scottish poet and lyricist, and he is widely regarded as the national national poet of Scotland and is celebrated worldwide. In Scotland, he is a very big deal. They have Robbie Burns Day. He's like, like, just like a very, very famous person. Um... And is he still alive? No, he was alive in seventeen hundreds. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> um, but he. Um. Oh yeah. And so my family, fun story. So my family, um, I de- my especially my mom's side of the family identifies very strongly as Scottish. Did a, um, a a DNA test. Turns out we're not Scottish, <laughs> but. <laughs> They still identify very strongly as Scottish. <laughs> like, my mom had a grandfather who had, like, a Scottish accent and stuff, but their DNA is not Scottish. So, you know, who knows what could have happened when. But, gotcha. <laughs> but, um, so Robbie Burns in my family, and, like, my uncle puts up, like, the Scottish flag at, like, their house and stuff. <laughs> um, but, anyways, yeah, so Robbie Burns is very... Like, everyone in my family, like, ooh, yes, Robbie Burns, cool person. But he also, um, so, my second cousin, so my mom's cousin's family, uh, the grandfather 
Or like the, okay, I'm making this very complicated. So my mom's uncle mm-hmm. is Gavin Hamilton. He uh, comes from a line of Gavin Hamiltons. So his family all the way up, there's at least one person in each like family named Gavin Hamilton. That's cool. Because Robbie Burns was friends with Gavin Hamilton. <laughs> and I, this is kind of my anecdote, but it's fine. Um, but there's a whole story there. Um, and so... Um, like my cousins in my cousin's family, it's a Robbie Burns is an even bigger deal because they had a relative who was friends with Robbie Burns, and that's like a big old talking point. <laughs> and like, if you look up, there are a couple of like different poems and like letters from Robbie Burns to Gavin Hamilton. That's very it's cool. Like, yeah, that's that's like We're technically related not related person. to me, but like related to my cousins, <laughs> and they're my cousins, and they're related to me. So you know, but anyways. He's done a whole bunch, like a bunch of different poems, but the two I chose were To a Louse and To a Mouse, which are both satirical poems. Um, they're in Scottish, not, I don't, like in the a Scottish dialect, so it's kind of Can you understand. please read it in a Scottish accent? I'm Absolutely you. not. <laughs> I'm begging you. But I'll read To ah, a Louse are first. you gone? You're crying <laughs> fairly. So to a louse is is meant to be satirical. One morning, as Burns was sitting in church, he noticed a louse, plural is lice, crawling through a woman's very well-dressed hair. And the poem is, Ha, where are you gone? You're crowly, fairly, your impudence protects you surly. I cannot say, but ye strunt rarely, or gauze and lace, though faith, I hear ye dine but sparely on a sick place. Ye ugly creepin' blast at wanner, detested shun by saunt and sinner, how dare ye set your feet upon her, say a fine lady. Ye somewhere else and seek your dinner on some poor body. Swift and some beggars half it squaddle, there you may creep and sprawl and spraddle, with their kindred jumping cattle and shoals and nation, or horn nor bane nor dar and settle your thick plantations. Now add you there, you out of sight, below the fatrals snug and tight, now faith ye, yet you'll be no right, till you've gone at it. The very topmost tower and height, oh Miss Bonner. That's not the entire poem, but that's like a good part of it. I'll read the translation in case you didn't quite catch what it was saying. <laughs> it would have been so much better in a Scottish accent, for shame. I, I can't, Sophie. I just can't. Maybe after we can do our best. But at this moment, I'm not going to give it a try. I do not want that on audio forever. <laughs> so the translation is, Ha, huh, where are you going, you, crawl- you crawling wonder? Your impudence protects you sorely. I cannot say, but you swagger rarely over gauze and lace. Though faith, I fear you dine but sparingly on such a place. You ugly, creeping, blasted wonder, detested, shunned by saint and sinner, how dare you set your foot upon her, such a fine lady. Go somewhere else and seek your dinner on some poor body. Off in some beggar's temple squat, there you may creep and sprawl and scramble, with other kindred jumping cattle and shoals and nations, where horn nor, bo- nor bone never dare unsettle your thick plantations. Now hold you there, you are out of sight, below the falderals, snug and tight. No, faith you yet, you will not be right, until you have got on it, the very topmost towering height of Mrs. Bonnet. <laughs> and I just found that very funny, um, because, I don't know. It, if I love looking, that it's his whole long thing to a little tiny lice. Yeah, and it's really funny because, yeah, I, I love that. I also, if not to analyze, but if you go into the metaphorical, even the richest, fanciest people still have lice. You know? like everyone is equal in the eyes of a louse. So. Oh, yeah. That's pretty cool. But, 
he he does some more serious poems, but he does some funny ones like this, which are quite witty. Um, also, just the fact that they have like the Scottishness is quite funny. If you want, you can read it in a Scottish accent. <laughs> I tried, and you cut me off. <laughs> What's your second poem? To a Mouse, which is a poem by Robert Burns. We sleek it, cowering, timorous beastie, oh what a panic's in thy breastie. Thou needna start a wassa hasty with bickering brattle. I would be late to rin and chase thee with murdering prattle. I'm truly sorry man's dominion has broken nature's social union and justifies that ill opinion what, what makes thee startle at me, thy poor earthborn companion and fellow mortal. Which, I'll read the translation. Sleek, tiny, timorous, cowering beast, why is such a panic in your breast? Why dash away so quick, so rash, in a frenzied flash, when I would be loath to run after you with a murderous plowstaff? I'm truly sorry man's dominion has broken nature's social union and justifies that bad opinion which makes you startle when I'm your poor earthborn companion and fellow mortal. It's actually really sweet. That's so, that's like, aww. <laughs> yeah. It's like, sorry, Mr. Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's really nice. Yeah, I thought that I love how the other one so was sweet. just being like, haha, you lice. And then this one's just kind of like, sorry, dude. It's like, I'm, I'm so sorry that, that people that, like, think people they're so much better than you, yeah. that they scare you away. So I just thought that was very sweet. That's really nice. And I love that it's a, it's a again, not the entire poem, but I love that there's a, a poem dedicated to a mouse. Yeah. But yeah, so Robert Burns, cool person, very, very renowned, famous in Scotland and my family. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So, are we moving on to anecdotes? Sure. I only have like two anecdotes this time, so not, not a ton. But first one is, as we've already mentioned in a podcast that both of us listen to, which we've talked about multiple times on this podcast, um, which is called Wonderful. The wife, I was about to say, one of the people who does the podcast and their husband and wife, so the wife, has um, something called Rachel's Poetry Corner. And every couple of weeks, she'll mention like, oh, and for my second, because on the podcast, wonderful, they each choose something that makes them really happy every week. You took the last real Oreo, how dare you? Um, And Rachel, oftentimes, she's a a big fan of poetry, and she'll often bring up a poem to talk about on the show. And it's really interesting because her husband is like this very, how would you, exactly, yeah, like, Loves playing video games and D&D and stuff and just not, I don't think, understand poetry he's too smart. much. No, no, he's, oh, he's a very smart person, but like he's not, he doesn't enjoy poetry, I would say. I, don't, I can't imagine him sitting down with a book of poetry exactly. and yeah, yeah, yeah. over it for my <laughs> No, okay, yeah, I realize what that sounded like. He's a genius. He's written so many stories for he, he, and, like which have like been interwoven in like the most incredible and ways. just like so not to bash on him but like i don't think poetry is necessarily i don't think he i can't imagine him enjoying poetry exactly exactly past but it's really interesting to hear his wife bring up poetry which she enjoys and then having him being like you know actually that's really nice like that's a really good yeah. poem and i love hearing that dynamic um but yeah so every once in a while she'll be like this week it's a return to the poetry corner and she'll bring a poem. And they're always really nice. That's why I enjoy really poetry poems. Because I don't go out of my way to read poetry either. Yeah, exactly. But whenever I hear that, I'm always like, oh, 
that's so sweet. That's yeah, so yeah, and that's like my main connection to poetry at this point. I would say mm-hmm. besides English class, obviously. Um, but yeah, so it, it always makes me kind of happy when she this is like, let's return to the poetry corner. And I also just really love hearing her husband's reflections on it. Like, yeah. I think I think it's it has a really nice element to. The, the podcast. It's very sweet. It's really sweet. The whole podcast in general is really sweet. And then she also, like, sometimes she'll bring up someone, I mean, usually she doesn't, but, like, sometimes she'll bring up someone who I've heard of, and it's cool. Like, um, especially with quotes and anecdotes, did you hear at one point she brought up um, William Car- Carlos Williams? Yeah. Some of his poems, and I was like, we had a quote from him! Yeah. It was very, very cool. Um, but yeah, the, other, the only other anecdote I have was I wrote a poem in first grade about snowflakes, which I took a picture of, so I can read it, but it's, it's like four lines or something like that. Um, and uh, we, were, like, we were in class and we had just learned, oops, we just learned about similes. So she was like, okay, now you guys should write a poem using similes, and it was winter. So she was like, you can write about snow in the wintertime if you want to. Um, so, and I, as a first grader, had so much fun coming up with ways to describe snowflakes, even though it was four lines of describing snowflakes, and I, like, I just had the, the best time. And then we all kind of ran out of patience, so, like, she might have stopped us at, like, once you have a couple things in mind, then just stop, and then she typed them up for all of us and printed them out, and then she was like, okay, now you can decorate, and she, I think she put them in frames for all of us. And she was like, okay, now you can decorate them. It's probably a bad idea, because she kind of just gave us all, like, tissue paper, glue, glitter, and scissors. So, I mean, I'm just getting... I don't remember this too well, but it was, like, based on what my thing was decorated with. I, like, just stuck a bunch of stuff on there. Um, So it probably got super messy in there, and I don't know if... I don't know. She's worked with first graders for a while. She probably knew that that was going to happen. But... It was really fun. I remember like loving that unit, and then I also remember my mom being really impressed that a six-year-old wrote was yeah. able to like. I was gonna say write similes. I do not remember doing. <laughs> yeah, thing, neither but. did I. But apparently, um, and then yeah, I think poetry is really difficult to write, and I like definitely as I got older, and this goes back to what you were saying with um, like how g- amazing child- children's imaginations is, and like ha- how they always write poetry. Yeah. Um, so, like, I started to dislike writing it more and more as I got older and, like, kept being asked to write and read poetry. But, like, I think it was a really interesting idea that my teacher had to ask kids to write poetry. Yeah. Because, like, I think we all came up with some pretty incredible stuff. Um, I think I remember I doing poetry up until sixth grade. And then after that, I, I haven't really done it since then. Yeah. And I think up until that point, I really enjoyed it. Because, like, as a little kid, it's really easy. Because you can just write down anything and call it poetry. Exactly. Um, as actually, you know what? The last time I wrote a poem was in our civics class. Oh, my God! <laughs> I, I just remembered that. And it's on oh my, my old computer. God. It, it was How a Bill Becomes a Law Poem. Oh, my goodness. My goodness. <laughs> it was like unit one, right? Oh, philosophy so... epic poem. Yes. Yeah, I did now, do that. This one. Well. What was up with civics and poetry? I don't know, but I had a lot of fun doing that. That was, I was, that oh, was actually, the first you know time what? I genuinely enjoyed the class. I was very, oh, Roman. <laughs> no, it was like the beginning of the year. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not saying you were Bro- Roman, Roman, I was like, there are people <laughs> from my class who might listen to the podcast. No, but I, no, like, actually, like this I was remember. the beginning of the year, and I was like, this is really fun. I remember being actually very proud of how I worked all of the 
um, words that we were supposed to into the. Also, it was not an epic poem. Why did they call it an epic poem? I don't know. It was Fifteen lines. We long. had to do. We had to. I don't think we had to do rhyming, but we decided to. And, well, why don't you read yours first? The philosophy epic poem. Either one. I don't know if I'm going to read my bill becomes a lot because I think my one is pretty bad. Oh, I have to read the bill becomes a lot. Okay, so you do that. Um, one. I'll do that one. You do the epic poem. Okay. So this was <laughs> this we came up with this bill in a group of three and and we had to um come up with a bill and describe it's a long poem. Jeez, um, I'll read it quickly and describe like how this bill becomes a law. Does it have to go to the conference committee and whatever? Because we had learned in civics class about um how a bill becomes a law. And so we had to write a poem and come up with a bill and then write a poem about how it's passed to prove that we knew about, you know, that we learned something from this unit in a fun way. <laughs> so we did, and we were like, you know, instead of doing a cool law, we're going to make a ridiculous one. <laughs> we asked our teacher if it was okay, and she laughed and said it was fine and said it was good because we talked about the conference committee. So here it is. <laughs> It all started with, oh, by the way, this was not my own work. We all worked as a group, so don't give me credit for the gloriousness that is, no. (laughs) It was, it was a a team effort. Um, It all started with Senator Ollie, whose house is overrun with huskies and collies. She thought to herself, dogs have opinions. They are sentient beings. They aren't just our minions. So she came to the Senate one fateful day and announced, dogs must have a say. Dogs must be able to have a vote. So to the General Pets Awareness Committee, the speaker wrote and referred this new bill to these experienced folk. The committee conducted a markup and agreed to pass it. So then it moved to the floor of the Senate. The senators agreed on a closed debate because of those who tried to berate the good word of this bill due to their fear of anything with teeth that could come near. Despite this, the bill moved on thanks to the votes of the majority and was sent to the House after passing through the Rules Committee. However, the representatives were feline fans, so they felt only pity for this new little bill with its selective views. They declared, if dogs can vote, cats can too. Thus, the bill was sent to the conference committee for revision, so that nearly all of Congress could be happy with the decision. Nearly there, the compromise bill must return to the Senate floor. The senators agreed to pass it, proclaiming it needed no more. Once again, the bill was passed along to the House of Representatives, where the delighted members were happy to give this new bill finally to the U.S. President, who sat upon his chair with a tear in his eye, thinking over how this little bill got here and why. So, as he pet his feline and canine friends, he signed his signature, marking the journey's end. On that very day, due to his legislation, both dogs and cats can vote and have a say in our nation. That is so good. <laughs> it's not. No, but that is a genuinely good poem. Like, that's not, it, it's funny idea and stuff, but it's a genuinely good poem. That surprised me because I not heard it. And I was like, oh, this will be funny. That's like a genuinely good poem. We were actually really proud of some of the rhymes that we came up with. Those are very um, good rhymes. I don't know, if, I don't remember if it had to rhyme. But it puts whatever. mine to shame, but you know. <laughs> I don't know, man. But what's your Well, your mine's not that funny. I was just really proud of it because we had uh, six vocab words that we had to incorporate. Yes. And let me just say, we incorporated them beautifully. Now, at the end, we kind of ran out of time and gave up. And you can really tell that <laughs> because it just doesn't really work at that. But the first part is good. So, according to John Locke's Law of Nature Beliefs that describe the fundamental rights in brief, Liberty is a natural right, so are property and right in life. Both Hobbes and Locke believed in equality, 
but Locke believed that reason was a higher quality. Natural rights are preserved through this human nature element, except when they're not, because of that temperament. <laughs> In order to uphold the natural rights in government, Government, fiduciary trust is the social contract's betterment. Included in this security is the right to revolution to keep purity. And then this is where we gave up. <laughs> Locke's views of natural rights were enthralling. They incorporated equality and security and were very fulfilling. <laughs> you can kind of trail off there by the end. But That's great. I, I love so it, except when they're not. <laughs> I was really proud of it because Rhymes.com got a good amount of Rhymes.com was great. Savior, indeed. Um, but other than that, that's kind of what I have in terms of uh, anecdotes. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned a lot of your anecdotes before. We yeah, were about your but oh yeah, I'm glad that we remembered those from civics though, because that was really fun. I forgot that we I had a too lot of fun in the beginning that. of the year. I that was that was really fun. It was such a ridiculous thing, but like, I had a lot of fun with that. We yeah, I was like, this is absolutely ridiculous, and then we were like, no, let's ask her if it's okay, and she was like, laughing. But said, no, it's okay, because he talked about the conference committee, so it's, it's fine. It was ridiculous. Didn't we have to read it in front of the class, too? We didn't. Oh, oh. we did. We did. Yeah, I think you did. We did. That's fun. Yeah, it was not good. <laughs> we could barely get through it. Um, the last anecdote I have that I just remembered, the, so the other thing with Robbie Burns that um, I didn't mention was the, part of the reason he's also, everyone in my family's named like, or that family is like Gavin Hamilton, is because in one of his poems, and I looked for ages and I couldn't find it, uh, he mentions a clock that was Gavin Hamilton's clock. It was his grandfather clock, and it was passed down through the family and given to the eldest son of each family, whose name was Gavin Hamilton. <laughs> so it was wow. passed down. So like this is was in like the like 1700s, late 1700s, and now it's 2019, and this clock is at my great uncle Gavin Hamilton's house. That's so cool. What the yeah. heck? That's amazing. Yeah, and then it goes to Scott, uh, Scott Gavin Hamilton, and then it goes to Jeffrey Gavin Hamilton, and it goes all the way down the family. That's amazing. Yeah. That's so good. Or Gavin Scott. I don't know. I Did you want to talk about your children's book over there? Oh, yeah. I just got this at a book sale at the library one year, and it's called Favorite Poems for Children, and it just looks really cool. Um, and it, I... It's just like, they're just like nice poems, and I remember it when I was sitting here, and I don't ever think I like went through and read it thoroughly, but it's just a very pretty book with some nice poems that I just really liked, and I remember going, like going to the store, or going to the book sale and being like, ooh, I can be like this cool kid who like has a poetry book, um, but that's all there is to it. <laughs> just has a nice cover, it's called Favorite Poems for Children. So Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, this was probably going to be the least, although, no, we were pretty crazy in this one. Maybe, like, maybe it'll, here's, here's my guess. We'll go from, like, delirious to, as we keep recording, less delirious, and then as we get really tired, more delirious. So, like, maybe the middle of the summer will be pretty relatively chill. calm. Yeah. We'll see. But we hope you enjoyed. Yeah. We'll be back, listening. not next week, but, but the, the week, week after, after that. We're going every other week. And yeah, yeah. So, quick shout out. Oh right, <laughs> I was about to leave a closing. So what was that? To our intro music, which, which is, is inspirational life. Our outro music, which is blossoming inspiration. Um, <laughs> the person who did our cover art. You can find, you can find them at. <laughs> just gotta cut you off here. I want. Oh jeez, I want to talk about. 
Dinobite on Instagram. That's D-I-N-O dot B-Y-T-E. Go check out her art and commission her if you want. She's absolutely flippin' amazing. Mm-hmm. I have a bunch of different things that I... I don't, I don't want to spam her, but she said, you know, hey, if you have any characters you want me to draw, she, let me she, know. She does, and I was she like, does okay. Keep, <laughs> she does keep saying that, and I would I feel bad asking her, but I definitely want to ask her. She's a very good artist. She's amazing. Uh, always makes my day so much better when she does. She her draws birthday cards new. are the best because I know. she did. She, oh, it's great. So go 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 check out that note on, on Instagram. You won't Please regret. go check her out. Um, what else? Um, while um, you're there, check out our Instagram. We're trying to post every time we get an episode, but at the very least, we put it on the Instagram story, so you'll know when we have a new episode mm-hmm. out, because um, sometimes podcast apps aren't the best at notifying you when there's a new episode. Right. So I would highly recommend following. Um, you can find that at um, quotes. Uh, quotes un- dot and dot and yeah. yeah, quotes dot and dot and quotes. Yeah, we'll always post it on at least on, on the story, story. and yeah. every now and then you'll see a nice Instagram post with a cool collage. And also done sometimes, by as um, high schoolers who have a lot going or who had a lot going on, especially at the end of the year, sometimes we'll like we won't have an episode for a couple of days, or maybe it'll even be a week late. Sorry about that. Um, so always it's make sure to, always make sure you're following date. that to to make sure that you know like when episodes are and aren't coming out. Yeah, it's very very great. Um, yeah. While you're there. No, not we already did that part. <laughs> also, email, email us at quotesandanecdotes at gmail.com if you want to. This is the longest closing we've ever done. We're having a lot of Rate, review, subscribe. Yeah. <laughs> we are having one. We're going to go now. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. And cut. Okay, Wait, no, we're we're say. Other words will be... Bye, Bye. And cut. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Goodbye. And cut. For real, now. <laughs>